that's very hip to be on the internet right now. What, what is internet anyway? It will replace the yellow pages as we know it today. With the A and then the ring around it. At Katie said she thought it was about. It's about the approach to the day. For me, what that means is patterns. Welcome back to Market Like Emma. Today on the pod, we have one of our partners and consultants, Jim Glantz. As a change management specialist and founder of the Academy for Leadership and Training, or TEFLAT, uh, Jim has deep experience helping organizations tackle leadership, change, and learning initiatives. Thanks for being here, Jim. Thanks for having me. Also on the pod is our very own Madeline Orton, who recently wrote a blog about how workplaces can protect their professional peace in 2021. So I'll start us all off with a question for both of you. Uh, what does professional peace mean to you? Maddie, I'll pivot to you first. Good question. So I think there's probably a couple of different ways that you can look at the definition of professional peace, but the way that I think about it primarily and how it affects my work life is not having Sunday scaries every day of the week. You know, I want yeah. to I log in and feel really confident that I know the trajectory of my day and that I can maintain peaceful, positive, um, grateful relations with not only my internal team, um, but also the clients that we work for. So, you know, today actually was a really professionally peaceful day for me. I knew exactly what was on my plate, um, planned ahead, um, you know, took time to time manage for myself to make sure that I got a lot done had really nice, kind communications with partners and clients that were open and transparent and successful. And I know I'm gonna get everything done on my to-do list by the end of the day and log out feeling nice and accomplished and maintain that sense of peace. Um, and every day is not like that. <laughs> there are lots of days that are totally the opposite. So I think it's important to recognize that no matter how professionally peaceful you are, there's always a kind of a balance at play, but I always strive for that to be my goal, at least a couple of days of the week to have a, a day that feels that kind of peaceful way that today felt. Yeah, maintaining control and kind of ownership of your, your time and your schedule. What about you, Jen? What does professional peace mean to you? You know, it's really a great question. I, um, for me, similar to what Maddie is saying, it's about the approach to the day. For me, what that means is patterns. And um, I, I try to keep a very consistent set of patterns in my day. Um, some might call that boring, uh, but I find it like, reassuring because what it does is it allows me to know, here's when I'm getting up, here's when I'm checking emails, and there's a delay, by the way, between the two. So I'm not immediately checking emails when I get up. I'm, I, I wait. I, brush my teeth, I walk my dog, I take a shower, then I get to emails. You know, so I try to keep that hour space between wake up and um, work. Sometimes I'll check like a text message if it's a friend, like if so it's fun, I might do that within that hour, but I try to separate the work. So that for me allows me to have that, uh, that professional peace. That's actually a great segue, Jim. And so in your opinion, what are good ways to actually separate those routines or those settings, um, you know, just for people that are are still in the long haul of, of getting to uh, back to normalcy? There's, a, there's a, um, a principle in Judaism. I don't know how many people are familiar with this. Um, that, you know, when people, Jewish people have a mezuzah on the door, right? So what you do is you, you, you nail out the mezuzah and you put a Torah scroll in there that's been blasted. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is it's a separation 
from the sacred and what they call the profane, which is the worldly stuff. So um, when you walk into your home, the reason why traditionally Jewish people will kiss the mezuzah is it's like, thank you, God, for this sacred space. This is my place where I'm with family, I'm with love, I'm with peace and relaxation. This is what home is for, and this is, this is that experience. And you're thanking God as you walk in for that experience. And whenever well, no, you're going to be Jewish, be anything, but like you, you don't even have to believe in God. You can just be thankful for you know, great gratitude for all of this. So then when you leave, you go to work. And that's where all the worldly stuff is and all the, the tangible stuff exists. And uh, it's a really beautiful principle when you think about it. And it's the same reason people, Jewish people celebrate Shabbat and they light a candle. Friday night, light a candle means I don't work till Sunday morning. So it's like you're, you're giving yourself this separation of family and love every week. It's like this gift for yourself. And um, obviously you can see where I'm going with this, Maddie, in terms of like boundaries and, and traditions that can help you set up sort of that space. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that same principle, you're right, whether it's religious or not, anyone can adapt that to their professional space and how they conduct themselves. Which relates to another question that I was exploring in the blog that I was writing, which is there's a ton of science behind saying no about how, you know, saying no can actually be a positive thing, how it can reinforce, you know, respect for you in the workplace, but it also is a great way of setting boundaries and getting your time back. I just watched a, a Steve Jobs video on this. Um, uh, it's I think it's called like saying no or something like that. <laughs> I literally just watched it last weekend. And one of the things he, he talked about is he's giving a talk to a group of Apple employees. And one of the employees says, what about open source? I think it's open source. It's like software that's been retired by Apple. But, and, but Steve Jobs says, well, what about it? And the guy says, well, I spent my whole life working on that. And Steve Jobs like, and I'm sorry about that. Like, I really feel you. Because Steve Jobs was a coder at the end with two. He's like, I really feel you. And Apple has, has suffered in the past from not being a good engineering management company. And we didn't say no to enough things. We, you know, and so we have to retire certain things that don't work for us so that we could really focus on the iPhone and the various, they didn't say that, but like the various things that are working for them. And I just thought that was so brilliant and it was such an empathetic way of saying to the guy who who clearly had passion for this software, but it didn't have any space for Apple in a business context. Yeah. It can also just improve the quality of what you're producing, because often when you're when you're prompted to say no, it's because people want to put more onto your plate than you can. And, you know, from that business perspective, like you need you need to foster a place where people can set their boundaries, because then that lets people do their work in the time that they need to do their work and and create that kind of high quality and not skimp on the details so you're being asked to do more which is mean you do good work and so a lot yeah. of companies that the, the best workers are the ones that get swamped with work because everyone knows oh that's the person i want to run my project i know that's gonna yeah. work. what are good ways that you know in your brain of like how to stay positive and remain calm in these times of stress obviously the pandemic was so unprecedented. It's not like any of us had a, a rule book going into 2020 where we were like, okay, we know in March things are going to get really crazy and we're going to have to readapt to life. Um, and obviously we've all come up with our own coping mechanisms and our own individual survival tactics as we've gone along through this last year. But um, are there any parts of the last 12 months that um, 
have taught you like a specific practice as it relates to stress um, and protecting peace and anything that you think is moldable that could be implemented in a workplace as well? Well, you know, I'm an executive coach, and but I also have a coach, and he's amazing. His name's Michael Margolo, and he's he's the best. He's really great, and he's he's a life coach, and um, he's the one that gave me the idea of 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 not checking the phone for the first hour. He actually said first two hours of the day. I I, I oh, tried wow. to get that to an hour, but <laughs> he was he's probably right, and I probably will do that at some point. Uh, what he says, but um, that was such a uh, helpful tip for me. Um, to experience because I realized that I'm waking up and I'm looking at my phone and, you know, all that stuff comes with it, the social media stuff, the text messages, the emails from clients, and, you know, even if they're good emails, now you're thinking about that versus just enjoying the morning, you know, just, just, just waking up and being happy that you're waking up and you're relaxed and you're going to go, you know, kiss your spouse and walk your dog and, you know, re relax into the day and take a nice drive to work. And there's plenty of time to check your phone and all that stuff will happen. Oh, by the way, you know, if you're not going to work, it's even more important because then you need that space to just get out and walk. Um, and, and I wrote a couple of things on the whiteboard because I knew you were going to ask this question. So I wrote patterns are key, gratitude is key, exercise is key, and just taking walk um, during the day is really great. So, you know what? That's actually perfect because my last question is how I'm kind of closing this this conversation with myself in the blog is there's one key takeaway I've had from this entire experience is how critical gratitude is. Um, so in, in your world, how important is it to bring gratitude and practices of gratitude into the workplace? Oh, yeah, it's so key. It's so important. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's life, right? That, that, that's the key to life is having a sense of gratitude. Um, and knowing that I've been able to run a business during this time has been um, just such a blessing. And, um, and um, it's, been, it's been great. And I think that I've even done some emails to clients um, just thanking them for their business. Like uh, a, like at New Year's, for example, I wrote cards to all my clients just thanking them, like handwritten cards and stuff. Um, just to appreciate everybody and and um, and that that they're you know using me and my company um, it's, it's in a positive way right and it's great awesome well I think that probably will wrap us up Jesse do you have any last thoughts or questions for Jim no just thanks so much for joining us um, you know Jim is is incredible at this kind of um, stuff he does a lot of trainings uh, for people uh, whether it's new managers or uh, people who want to build their emotional intelligence so highly recommend you check out his website uh, at taflat.com uh, t-a-f-l-a-t.com and learn more about uh, what he's doing you can read his blog and kind of dive more into some of these subjects so thanks so much for joining us jim thanks maddie thanks jesse